Hello out there and welcome. My name is Sharon Froshen. I am the Chief Operating Officer for the Discover Your Path You platform where we believe that every life can teach and everyone can grow. To that end, I am also the host of this show, The Connection Sessions, in which we bring together practitioners, artists, marketers, entrepreneurs, spiritualists, mentors, and students to connect to community, learn from each other, and grow. With me today, I have Discover Your Path U's Chief Technology Officer, author, self-esteem and body image coach, Sammy D, who I love and adore, and I'm so excited to get to share, you with, share her with you because she is truly one of my favorite people. So Sammy, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us how you got into life coaching and how you made it to dip you. Sharon, you're too sweet, honestly. I love you too. Uh, so... Yes, um, how I got into life coaching. Well, I kind of went on a journey myself um, a couple of years ago. Uh, certain things happened personally, and I found myself kind of taking a step back. And what I didn't know was that I was really kind of doing inventory on my life like, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? Um, and I've always been interested in the mindful state in terms of neuroscience and how uh, the concept of neuroelasticity, I think that's the word. And I started reading about it, started meditating. Of course, I wanted to know more. Um, and I remember feeling, God, why doesn't everyone know about this? Right. You know, I want to tell everyone in the world. And so that's kind of, you know, how I got into life coaching. And then, um, you know, I had a couple of clients that had, you know, self-esteem issues. And I found that I've been there, you know, and um, seeing their faces light up, you know, when you suggest a concept or you know, ask them to start from the beginning or ask them to think about what they say to themselves when they look in the mirror. Their face kind of lights up and I get goosebumps. I really do, you know. And uh, so, yeah, that's how I got into life coaching, um, particularly for men or women uh, with self-esteem and body issues because I've been there. So, you know, I can talk with, a certain amount of authority but as a life coach I can relate and you know I think that comes across I, I love first of all you and I met in the group nourish on um, doing the ditch the diet face the feelings panel which again I have yeah. to thank Beth because that panel introduced me to some pretty amazing people but one of my favorite things about you is that you are so comfortable with the fact that you've struggled with your weight. There are a lot of people out there that will struggle with their weight and will kind of try to pretend like they're not struggling. And that's not a dance that you do. You're very open about who you are. You're very open about what you've been through. And as a result, people are absolutely drawn to you. Yeah. And I'm so glad they are because you kind of say struggle with weight issues and it's such a multi-dimensional thing because, you know, we don't sit here and stuff cake all day, mm -hmm. you know, um, although some days I feel like it. <laughs> but 
I mean, you know, there's so many uh, things attached to weight issues. And I kind of think, well, okay, I'm still on this journey, but I'm not going to beat myself up over, you know, having a skipping a breakfast or, you know, um, having something possibly full of sugar after lunch or, you know, whatever. And I think it was Margaret's that first introduced me to the concept of kind of saying out loud, I'm choosing this. Yeah. But also, um, you know, having, if you're going to eat something that is possibly not so healthy, is to say, yes, I'm choosing this. It's going to bring me joy. It's going to bring me happiness. Or, you know, you would say out loud, I choose not to have this because that's not what I need right now. I need sleep. I need fresh air. I need to clear my head. And it's all about kind of stopping and saying, hold on a sec, why am I reaching for that? Yeah. And um, I mean, some days you kind of say, yeah, it's going to bring me joy. I'm going to have that. But then I'm happy afterwards. And I'm not thinking, oh, why did you do that? You, you know, call myself a name. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of lucky because when, when Margaret introduced me to that concept, uh, it dropped me on my ass really to think, well, yeah, I can take the driver's seat in terms of, you know, when I bend my elbow to put something in my mouth, that's me doing that. So, you know, it, it really made me stop and think. It's that, that whole aspect of, of personal responsibility where it's not, this is happening to me, this is a choice that I'm making. Exactly. And this is why I have no time or respect for the, you know, old traditional diet clubs, you know, the slimming worlds and the Weight Watchers. I mean, it's like nails down the chalkboard for me because when you say... I'm on a diet. It's almost like you're passing responsibility to these people that are giving you a diet book and some recipes. And it's something you go on, um, reach a target and then finish. And you then kind of drop off the edge and like, what now? And I know a lot of them are changing these days to kind of concentrate more on wellness and how you feel about yourself and that kind of thing i say too little too late mm. i say do away with the term altogether and take back responsibility you know you well, drive it does kind of have failure built into it doesn't it absolutely because that's how they make their money and um you know, you can hear my voice going up because I'm so passionate <laughs> about the subject. I get louder and louder and louder. Love it. Um, you know, I have some really strong memories about, you know, showing up at these diet clubs to get weighed, um, involving my mother who's since passed away. Um, very, very sad and angry memories about that. And, you know, I really just, I'm all for uh getting to know yourself and saying hold on a second why am i putting sugar in my tea or you know something like that it's it's far more far more rewarding 
than showing up somewhere, having a stranger weigh you and sort of roll their eyes at you when you've only lost a pound or whatever. Ooh. <laughs> Which just makes us judge ourselves even more. Oh, gosh, you know, and I'm done. I am, with the help of my friends, you, Sharon, everyone in the Zen 10, um, you know, and everyone I've come across while I've been on this journey, um, you know, I, I just discover that it's far better. I'm, I'm, whole, I'm completely done with, you know, um, the whole issue of dieting. I am fully in control of what, you know, um, happens to me nutritionally. And it's really eye-opening. It's life-changing. It truly is. It really is. So you're someone who began being subjected to this industry at a fairly young age. And uh -huh. as someone who has had to try and find her way back to herself after having this come into her life, still in your formidable years, what do you say to those parents out there that have, especially daughters, but even sons that are already before the age of seven, like trying to control what they eat and concerned about their weight? Oh my gosh. Uh, I cannot imagine what a parent goes through when they see their kids doing that. I've never had children, but I know that, you know, there has to be some some way to instill in children that how you look is not just who you are. Yes. You can read, you can write, you can sing, you can run, you can laugh, you know, and I think as a parent, if I ever was a parent, that would be the thing to concentrate on rather than, you know, um, how these kids look. So I know it, it, it happens in schools, and I'm sure when boys discover girls and girls discover boys, you know, that's when they start becoming sort of self-conscious. So, you know, I think in my inexperience as a parent, I would certainly consider, you know, finding a way to instill that it's not just how you look, it's how you laugh, it's how you treat other people. Um, it's the most important thing. And, um, you know, I mean, I wish I wish I knew that when I was a kid coming up through school. Right. <laughs> there are so many people that I can think of that I personally would not necessarily consider to be beautiful. But the beauty that comes from owning their own authenticity and truly being anchored in who they are and what they do have that are their strengths shines so fully through the, what I would call a facade that it, you don't even notice the body. It's absolutely joyful when you discover that, you know, each human being has something to offer other than, you know, what they look like. And um, I, I mean, I could go back to 2000, not long ago, nine years ago, when I distinctly remember being out in my local town there were crowds of people, it was market day, da da da. And I was saying to myself, I don't deserve to be looked at. I don't deserve to be outside. I'm so ugly and fat, I shouldn't be here, you know. 
people are looking at me. And I think back to that now and I think, God, what was I thinking? How did I get to that point? Yeah. Um, it's, it's truly shocking. And, and one of the groundbreaking things that someone told me um, was, you know, other people's opinion of you is their problem, not yours. And that was absolute epiphany, absolute epiphany. So now I'm always looking outwards rather than inwards from someone else's point of view you know, or if I choose to dress a certain way it's now for me because that you know um black satin frilly skirt makes me happy mm. you know I, I, I choose things now based on whether they bring me joy not whether I should wear this because I'm fat Indeed. And I, I've been watching a lot more nature shows recently simply because a lot of the TV that's out there is just complete <laughs> shit. And it's interesting to watch the mating rituals that animals have and how, you know, males will pump themselves up and make them look a certain, make themselves look a certain way to attract the attention of the female. And really on a biological level, that's all we're really doing is... Yeah fluffing up the exterior because we have that underlying driving need to procreate and to yeah. mate but we yeah. let that wander into identity as opposed to a biological process so yeah how how does that help you in your coaching when you're able to point out to people like you just said that this isn't who you are i encourage um I'll take my last client as an example. I encouraged her to look at herself um, because I kind of said, you know, um, who is it you want to be like? She said, I want to be like Kylie Minogue. I want to look like Kylie Minogue. I'm like, why? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I sort of encouraged her to sort of look in the mirror and say, tell me, you know, instinctively what, what you say to yourself when you look in the mirror. And the stuff was negative. It was terrible. It was, you know, worthless and da da da. da. So um, I, I kind of work on that with people. And I'm just going back to your comment about mating rituals. I think humans as a species, you know, they instinctively have that. Men look at women um, in a distorted way now because uh, a woman's body is designed for childbirth. And nowadays, women, uh, men, I shouldn't generalize, but, you know, the common concept is that men look at women, have they got a thigh gap? Have they got, you know, yeah. uh, hair extensions in? Have they got eyebrows like doorsteps? You know, and it's become completely... <laughs> I just got <laughs> you know, And... The girls, you know, will look at men um, possibly in the same way they always have as providers, as wild hunters, um, which is why, you know, um, liking the bad boy uh, is a thing because that's what women instinctually want is someone to hunt and protect them. Um, so, you know, that's why women are attracted to complete arseholes because, you know, of, of that 
old instinct. So, you know, it's important to bear that in mind and try and discover how, you know, if you're sitting in front of a client, you know, how they've developed that kind of um, view of themselves. It's they, they kind of measure themselves against a distorted idea of what a woman should look like. It's crazy. And, and the other thing is that if it doesn't work, we don't keep doing it. So we have this tendency to blame the opposite sex. Well, it's, it's right. your fault that women are this way, but this is the bait that has been working to get what women want. Also with men, this is the bait that has been working to get what they want from women. And each gender needs to take a step back, in my opinion, and take a real, an inventory, a stock of, well, I wouldn't continue doing this if I wasn't getting whatever it is, X, Y, or Z that I want out of this behavior and backing it up from what people are seeing on the outside to what is the driving motivation behind what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. And I think once you encourage someone to do that, um, you know, watching the epiphany that happens is one of the most rewarding things that you could get from, you know, a, a compassionate career, um, helping career, coaching career. It's um, really going back to the absolute basics and also asking people to stop um, be present mm. and be aware of what's going on inside. Yeah. And, um, the last time I did that, I went right back to a client's childhood and watching her, you know, light up when she discovers that it was all down to that one event yeah. that developed and spiraled into how she was feeling 40 years later she was stunned she was absolutely stunned as um, most people are when you're able to do that with them yeah well you've done it to me sharon so <laughs> uh, you've dropped me on my ass once or twice um yeah and i think you know uh, sometimes you need that person to ask the right questions and guide you to the right place and then all of a sudden you find in the corner this light that says, oh my gosh, you know, where has that been for the last four to six years? Yeah, that and total light bulb moment. It's absolute and it's absolutely life changing. And going back to your original question, that's what I wanted from, you know, life coaching because I get such a buzz from yeah. people who find those light bulbs as... I'm sure you got a buzz when you found my light bulb. Indeed. That's what it's, I, not, not to sound creepy, but there's something that's almost addictive about it when you get to be, to not to necessarily create because you don't make that happen for your client. I didn't make that happen for you. I just gave you the tools to find it for yourself. Right. And then that unfolding that you see happen is just like, that's so beautiful. It, yeah, it makes you euphoric. It really you know, does. When you manage to connect with another human being and help them to unravel, you know, what is sometimes a 49-year-old ball of string. 
Um, It really is. So it it makes me really joyful. I love it. it. My one of my favorite titles for books that I've ever heard in my life is the title of your first book, My Big Fat Fat. And this was your foray into basically describing your entire experience with the dieting industry and how this, to a certain extent, broke you down as a person before you were built back up again. Would you mind sharing with the readers what it was like to write that book and why you chose that title? Um, it, how I felt when I wrote it, it felt very cathartic because I realized that I had been, the, the, the whole self-image and warped body image and terrible self-esteem and this constant go on a diet, fail, go on a diet, fail, mm. had stolen a very large chunk of my life. Right. Um, and that's where the book stemmed from because um, I had so much to say about it because I think it, it stemmed from that and also um, my warped opinion that when someone looks at a fat person, they think, oh, she must sit home and eat loud all day. Mm-hmm. Right? I know that's not true. Um, I've changed since I have those feelings. But, you know, the book kind of stemmed from that. And I was kind of saying, look, you know, this is everything that someone goes through when they're overweight. This is how they're feeling inside. Uh, this is their you know, view of themselves. So when you next look at someone who's overweight, know that they're going through that. So, I mean, my book covers everything from, you know, uh, cafes to socks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's done in a kind of funny way. Um, it's got a chapter on bras and how when you're overweight, you can end up with 20 odd bras, you know, that all have you know, one of them, the straps dig, the other one, you know, is too tight around the back and all, all these kind of things. And um, one of them, you know, could be so big it repurposes into a cat bed. You know. <laughs> that's, that's all in the book, you know. And uh, there's a chapter on mirrors and how for about 10 years of my life, there wasn't a single mirror in my house. And, you know, one of, one of my friends came over, she was doing her hair or something, we were going out, and she said, well, give me a mirror. And I said, there isn't one in here. And she looked at me like I was a serial killer. <laughs> you know? Right. What do you mean you don't have mirrors? What's wrong with you? So um, that's kind of where the book came from. And it grew into an A to Z. And I decided to include some very, very personal stories in there. Um, Some of them are funny. And uh, I had a lot of reviews that said, you made me cry. Cry, I cried a river when I read that. And um, I think that was quite cathartic for me too. Because when I finished the book and it landed on my doorstep after I sort of you know blew a few snot bubbles and cried with happiness um i thought that's really what i want i want people to understand what it feels like even though we're responsible for you know our health um and the book kind of says if you are overweight you know you could probably be healthier but while you are you're not alone 
that's, that's kind of what the book says. It says, hey, girl, I'm right there with you. I'm on this journey. I've done that, been there, got the T-shirt. And um, it's really about that because dieting can be very lonely and isolating. Yes, it can. It certainly can. I have been overweight several times in my life and that getting back to what you consider to be socially acceptable, that process can just be harrowing when it's for any other reason than I deserve to be healthy. Absolutely. And, um, you know, so these days I kind of, I mean, I'm still on that journey, but I, uh, I have good days and bad days. Everyone does. But the major fundamental difference is that I no longer wake up in the morning and say, what did you eat yesterday, you fat cow? Oh. Right? Yeah. I get up and say, hey, <laughs> you know, you're a writer, you're an author, you're a life coach, you're a CTO, you know, you've got people that love you and you've yes, you know, do. radiance and humor. Um, there isn't really anything else. Mm. So... Yeah, it's kind of, you know, if you kind of could be healthier, then that's great. Make some small changes, stick with them. But, you know, it's very important to be mindful about, you know, having bad days because we all get them. Yes, we do. And you're current, correct me if I'm wrong here, are you currently working on My Big Fat Kitchen or is that a book that has already made it to the publisher? I'm currently working on My Big Fat Kitchen. Um, there's two sections in that book. One of them is um, kind of the follow-on from My Big Fat Fat to say, you know, what's happened since and, you know, why I'm uh, writing My Big Fat Kitchen. And then the, the second section has the recipes in. So um, that is probably four months away from being finished. And so... In all likelihood, it's probably going to be early 2020 um, that that's out because it needs to go to the editor um, and there's some back and forth thing over, you know, sort of three or four months. So. Now, this book kind of generated out of your conversion from being an omnivore to a different um, way of eating, correct? Absolutely. And um, again, that's you and Margaret and Beth's <laughs> Nourish Group and Sarah that inspired me um, in the Nourish to Flourish group on Facebook. There were some films that you put up that really, again, dropped me on my ass. And the amount of times I've been dropped on my ass by you ladies <laughs> the past couple of years. You know, if I had a dollar, I'd be doing all right, I reckon. So, you know, I mean, I watch these movies and I, I don't believe anything unless it runs up and bites me in the butt. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I looked at these movies and it made sense. It, it felt true. You know, there was nothing about it that I didn't think, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, I think the last straw was um, I, I bit into something back in October uh, last year and, you know, bit down on a piece of fat. And I was like, why am I doing this to myself? I don't even, bleh. 
so along those lines, I no longer buy meat. Mm. Um, I do still eat fish occasionally. Mm. Um, but it feels right to me and it feels better. Mm. You know, I feel more radiant, have way, way more energy than I used to have. Right. Just it's amazing. Unbelievable. And Beth will tell you, I showed her a picture of me nine, ten years ago and a picture of me today. And you would faint with shock. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still transitioning to be completely plant-based. Um, for instance, I'm trying vegan cheese. Um, not very successfully at the moment because it, it tastes like salted rubber. Uh, you know, so I've got a ways to go, but it's transitioning to plant-based. And, yeah. you know, if I can have coconut milk with, you know, some kind of uh, seed-based granola in the morning, that's mm -hmm. a triumph. Um, so, you it know... It is a triumph. I, I think vegans and people who are on a plant-based whole foods diet have a tendency to get religious with it and then we get to this point where we fail to understand that you're going to get more flies with honey than you are with vinegar and that encouraging people along the entirety of their journey not just when they arrive at the destination that you consider to be proper is, yeah. is so much more important which is part of the reason for why I started the group nourish because I wanted people to have that space where you get to be wherever you are in your journey and you won't be judged. Now there are people who are here to help you if you want to go in a different direction, but just like your book does for people, the judging is what keeps us locked in our shells and not asking for help. Really, when you agree. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And uh, the nourished group was really groundbreaking in that respect, because if I, tipped up at the doorstep of a vegan group, I would feel like an imposter. Okay. You know, I would expect to be uh, excluded and berated and, you know, looked down upon. Mm -hmm. um, but with Nourish, it was like, hey, come on in. You know, we absolutely, we're interested in, you know, nutrition and health and wellness. And by the way, you know, you might, it does, it gives you space to decide for yourself what is true for you. And to me, plant-based, it's just, you know, I smile when I think about it because I love the idea. Mm. I really do. And, you know, I'm sold on it. Um, you know, I've still got a bit of work to do, but, you know, for instance, um, snacks can be plant-based. Yes. Um, even if, you know, if you're hooked on potato chips, right, they do, um, yeah, they do, they do all kinds of plant-based stuff. And a lot of the stuff in my house now does not have an ingredients list. Or if it does, it's got two or three things like potatoes, yeah. salt, whatever. And I so consider important. that a triumph. It is much more so than the digits that are on the scale because what goes into your body will eventually come out. And when you're Absolutely. putting that positive stuff in your body, 
may not happen overnight, may not be lose 200 pounds in two weeks, but the way that your body loses it is going to be much more desirable in the long run than these quick fad diets where all of a sudden I've been through it where you have skin hanging off because your skin didn't have the chance to shrink with your body. And all of that is largely dependent upon the diet that you use to lose that weight. And how do you feel when you get to the end of that? With a plant-based diet, there is no end. It becomes a lifestyle. lifestyle. Exactly. And that's the key, I think. Just like Beth says, ditch this bloody diet. Yeah. Just throw it away, take that control and really start enjoying, yeah. you know, um, where you are right now. That's it was such an, I'll never forget, I started Nourish and Beth, who I didn't know that well, just pops up and is like, I'd like to do a panel and I'd like to call it this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Amazing. I love that panel. I mean, I, I haven't been talking on it for the past few weeks to have other stuff going on, but I love that panel and it it's something I really believe in. Yeah. Well, I am looking at the time and we have arrived at the end of our 30 minutes, which always seems to just happen so fast to me. Thank you so much for being with me here today. I would address our viewers, but the video did not, as I was afraid, <laughs> make it to Facebook. So we do have the recording, which I will be using for a YouTube video. And I will post that on the Discover Your Path You page later. Thank you so much for being with me, Sammy. You are definitely one of my favorite people on the planet. And all of your wisdom and what you've been through, I know, helps your clients and helps the people who spend time with you and learn from you and attempt to emulate you. So thank you. And as always, love you. Bye.